1: covering the las vegas raiders uh, do us a favor as you come on in and talk raider football with us and that is go subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your audio make sure you download it put on the auto download actually that way you don't have to even worry about it so we thank you and for our youtube viewers thank you so much chat is always great and and on fire as usual And now I bring in my partner in all of this. That is Mo Moten. He's a senior NFL writer over at Bleacher Report. He is also the Raiders columnist up on sportsnot.com. You can follow him on x.com at M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. That's Mo Moten. And around these parts, he's known as Midtown Mo. Yes. So get used to that. Also, uh, make sure you follow me, LV Gully. You can also catch my work up on SportsNot.com. Well, Mo, uh, we're removed we're a few days now from the Raiders' win. It still doesn't feel like the Raiders won. And you know what? Even Devontae Adams at the Wednesday press conference, said, hey, yeah, it's great, but we can't keep eking by and winning. We need to actually come out and convincingly win. And that's how the fans feel. So Devontae Adams is going to always speak the truth. He's a great leader, and he's at that point in his career where he can say what he wants to within reason, and and that's what he did.
2: Yeah, absolutely. He's always a candid speaker at the microphone or at the podium. So whatever comes out of his mouth, you know he absolutely means it, whether he's talking to an interviewer or – you know, talking to the local. So, he's and he's right. He captured the uh, the feeling of the fan, so to speak. Because after that game, you you would be surprised if the Raiders won the game the way some people were just not happy. <laughs> like, the main topic, because I went live right after, and the main topic was Josh Patino still sucks. It wasn't <laughs> the Raiders get a W, they break a three-game losing streak. It was, man, Josh Patino sucks. You need, <laughs> need to get rid of him somehow. And I think that's why... I don't wanna say fans wanted the Raiders to lose, mm-hmm. but I think that's why the the win comes kind of like as a wet blanket because it it only kind of strengthens Josh McDaniel's job security in the sense that he'll probably be back for twenty twenty four.
1: Well, and and that's one of the things that I find interesting. And this is not just Raider Nation. This is fan bases in general when things are not going well they they want they want it to go well, and so they want somebody to be, to be held accountable for their bad feelings about how the team is doing. So the coach makes sense. And, I, you know, I have had people say, why don't you call for him to be fired? I said, because I don't call for people to fire. I'm going to report on how I don't think he's doing a good job, but it's not my job to call on him to be fired. Also, I don't think he's going to be fired. You and I talked about this on the Mailbag Show on Wednesday and, and talked about it on the postgame show. Unless something crazy happens and we go back to what we've been saying for two months now, which is unless the locker room is a complete disaster and the owner sees that he cannot lead them in any direction whatsoever, I just don't think he's going to get fired. So I, I, I know fans want it to happen. We all want things to happen in life. I just don't think it is, especially at this point, the Raiders, as you said so perfectly in your column on Sports Not, uh last week, was the the Raiders, or this week, actually, I'm losing track, the, the Raiders are coming up on this big three-game stretch, right? It's really a four-game stretch, but three of them very, very favorable games to them because they're playing three, as we enter today, one in four teams. Then you throw the Lions, who are four and one, in the middle of that. But, but overall, um, there's still time to turn it around, actually.
2: There's a lot of time to turn it around. We're only, what, a quarter into the season? Yeah. So, I mean about a quarter, a little more than a quarter way to the season. But I don't think fans want to hear that after what they've watched for the first five weeks from the offense because you're right. expecting more out of the offense. So you're, you're just thinking about, okay, when when is the hammer going to drop where we get blown <laughs> out because we can't score more than 18 points in a football game? So I think that's what fans are kind of waiting for, that embarrassing football game that kind of sums up how they felt about the offense and Josh McDaniels all along. But hopefully they, they're able to get by with – a bit of a win streak. I, I said this before. I, I think the Raiders have a chance to, when you look up, they'll be four and three. You know, considering what the Patriots look like right now, uh, I know the Bears have showed some life with Justin Fields throwing eight TDs and just one interception his last two games. He's starting to look like the Justin Fields I thought he would be. But uh, the Raiders have an opportunity to turn things the right way, get on the right track, and build some momentum. But with that, there's got to be a lot more scoring. I need to see 24, 27 points at some point in the very near future.
1: I had somebody tell me online when I was talking about uh, or, or had, had posted about the 20-point the issue. Well, they missed two field goals. They should have had 24. Yeah. And I should have been six feet three. I mean, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter. If it didn't happen, it doesn't matter. Like, that's the point. They're not scoring the points. If you miss field goals, I know Carlson's a very good kicker and usually very reliable, and yes, both were over 50 yards, but it doesn't matter. So, I think, th- I, to your point, the Raiders could very easily get to four wins, as you suggest, uh, a- a- in their first seven. But, again, it all depends on how things go. It all depends on what we see from a progression standpoint. Can the offense – I'm assuming if they go to four and three – they're going to have to score more than twenty points once. Who knows? Maybe. Uh, but also, you you want to see the team. Want to see Josh Jacobs finally get going? And you know, looking back on it, I think on game night we're like, oh yeah, Josh Jacobs did better. But it's really not that great. He's still not he's still not been able to do that. Now, is there a problem with the line? Yes. And we'll get into the offense in segment number two. Mo, well, I want to talk at the top a real big positive for this team coming out of the week. And slowly, I'm not ready to you know crown anybody here, but the defense is making some progress. We've seen it the last two games. They've only given up up one touchdown in the last six quarters. If you go back to the Charger game and include the win over Green Bay, we're starting to see some of these players, I think, settle into the Patrick Graham defense, settle into one another. Obviously, Robert Spillane had the two interceptions, uh, and and you had Max Crosby, who, by the way, named yesterday the AFC Defensive Player of the Week, and it was well-deserved, and he did it on a national stage, which helps, by the way. So you have that. And you're starting to see even Tyree Wilson in his in his limited action starting to get a little better. We've seen some film of him get off the ball better and actually make some nice moves. So he's starting to maybe gain a little confidence. And then this has been without two of your top defensive backs, the cornerbacks, Nate Hobbs, obviously out. And, and so they've done it in, in a banged-up state. What are you seeing from this defense that you really like and that you say, hey, you know what? Whatever you think of Patrick Graham... Maybe those position coaches, whoever they're starting to at least progress to a point where, you're like, hey, I, I can see it in front of me and it's meaningful.
2: Before I get into it, I want to say that they're always going to be busted coverages, they're always going to be always. plays where guys look confused. Uh, even the better defense has had those moments. So, I know a lot of people say, What about Marcus Epps and then Mike Robertson leaving Christian Watson open and Marcus Pierce having to horse collar him to save a touchdown? And I would say that. That happens a lot if you watch a lot of football games but it's happening a lot fewer times with the Raiders now in their defense so maybe guys are just starting to click and communicate a lot better maybe there's a simplified approach I remember Vic Taffer mentioned that Patrick Graham was gonna maybe kind of pair things down so that guys can be better at reacting or, or better, better at playing instead of reacting so you're just playing football and not having to think about a million things and you know, should I should I you know fill the gap here or do I pass the guy off here or there? So I think guys are just playing football. I think it's leading to plays being made. Uh when you look at that Amique Robertson interception to seal the game, that was all Amiek Robertson. I had nothing to do with scheme. That's just Amique Robertson wanted that football, and he he felt like look, I either I intercept this football, this guy catches it, scores a touchdown, and we lose. So Amik just wanted it that much more. One thing I will say about scheme and Patrick Graham is I like what he's doing with Max Crosby. If you notice Max Crosby, mm-hmm. isn't just an edge rusher. He's rushing even in the middle. He's shooting the middle gaps, the interior gaps. And that's where you usually have a defensive tackle. Your three tech attack the line of scrimmage, but because the Rays don't have consistent pass rushing interior, Max Crosby has to fill in there. And that's why right now he's basically Superman at a defensive line. He's on the edge. He's shooting interior <laughs> gaps. He's getting pressures. You know he's getting in the quarterback's face, so he he deserves any award he gets at this point. But I like the fact that Patrick Graham is moving him around the defensive line to kind of give him an advantage over some of the slower offensive linemen up front.
1: Yes, my my GameCast partner for the the PSF app, of course, Big Corey, he he posted that uh, on Wednesday. He said, "You know what? Whatever position it is that they're that they've now created for Max Crosby." He's an animal, and he is, because you're right. He, they are moving him around so effectively, and that's obviously out of necessity, correct, Mo? I mean, that's not where you'd like to be, but maybe, just maybe, they have stumbled upon something that you can do with somebody like Max Crosby, and then just put him wherever you want and and keep the defense guessing Because as they assign people to Max Crosby preparing for a game, suddenly he's no on that side and suddenly he's on the inside and suddenly he's on the outside. You don't know what the hell to do. And that's a big advantage. It worked perfectly against Green Bay. They didn't know what was going on.
2: Right, and I think, as you say, it's it's out of necessity, but I think it's pretty good that Patrick Graham was in, unable to able to unlock that in Max Crosby because we didn't see a lot of that with the previous regimes that you can actually use him as kind of a, a chess piece on the defensive line. Usually when you hear about a defensive chess piece, usually you usually hear about it in the secondary, a guy who can play safety, slot yeah. cornerback, and cornerback. Well, Max Crosby is the chess piece that you have at the front of the board where you can line him up over a guard, a tackle. He can shade the guard. He can shade the center. He can, he can stunt. He can twist. So a lot of things you could do with a Max Crosby, and that's why I've, I strongly believe he should get more Defensive Player of the Year votes if the Raiders can, you know, win more games, win more than six, seven games this year.
1: Yeah, and if he continues to, continues to do it on the national stage, so the Raiders have a, a Monday night game against uh, Detroit, right? So they'll be on Monday Night Football again. I think they have two more after that as well. So so it, it, that matters. You look at, Mo, an, a, a unit we talked about a lot during the offseason. We've talked about it for years, but we really focused in on the linebackers, right? We, we, You talked about Patrick Queen and all that stuff, trying to get better at that position. Robert Spillane is limited in what he can do in his skill set, uh, but he has been playing really really well. We saw him, obviously, against the Packers do well. We've seen Divine Diablo at times, again, a young player, developing player, do do some pretty nice things too. What do you see in that linebacker? I think they've gotten a lot better. They're more active and they seem to be catching on a little more and 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 they're able to perhaps close the gap a little bit up front uh when when they do engage on defense. And to me, that's that's a plus, right? Cuz we didn't expect much from that unit, but but overall as the games have gone on, I think they've gotten better as well.
2: Yeah, as I said, Previously, it's just playing football instead of reacting. So, when that tip ball happened with Marcus Peters, Robert Spillane gets that interception. It's not all Marcus Peters, it's it's uh, Robert Spillane, excuse me, being aware of where he is in the football field and being aware of where the ball is to so get his hands up and get the interception. The other interception for Robert Spillane, right place at the right time again, he's a linebacker. He's not he's not trained to catch footballs, but he was aware of where the football was. Grabs an interception and gives the raise another possession. So again, I don't think it's just all it's scheme. It's more of players just making plays.
1: Yeah. No, absolutely. And then we talked about the the state of the defensive backfield. Um Trayvon Morig has Merrick has come along better. Like beginning of the season, I was still down on him. I thought he performed pretty poorly. But as the time has gone on, too, he made some nice plays against Green Bay and even going back to the LA game against the Chargers. Uh, And and so you're starting to see that you see apps again played well overall. Yes, they have work to do and they're missing two of their own. Uh, But this unit now they weren't facing Justin Herbert. again, they were facing this time, Jordan love who did not have a good game, but part of that was because how they played. And of course you have meek Robertson who just goes wherever you need him. He's like the, the utility man. If you need him here or need him there, he's there for you. And he's able to make plays. Um, This unit should only get stronger as they get healthy.
2: It should only get stronger as they get healthy. They have, you know, depth in the slot. I think Tyler Hall has been a pretty good slot defender with Nate Hobbs, not playing. I, I was on this show, and I said I felt like Tyler Hall should have made the uh, the 50-man roster. He didn't. But when they call on him from the practice squad, he's ready to play, and he's ready to make plays out there in the secondary. So shout-out to him. But I, I think Meek Robertson deserves all the praise he gets because, you know, you write him off, you think he's done, you think he's too small, he's not this, he's not that. He knows how to get after the football, though, because, like I said, in on that, on that final play, he just wanted it more than that Packers wide receiver. And he wins the game for the Raiders, essentially sealing it, with that interception. So it kind of reminded me of when he had that uh, that play against the Arizona Cardinals. If you remember, he was on our show. He talked about that, yeah. that turnover being the moment where it kind of clicked for him. I wouldn't be surprised if he's thinking of that interception, that game-sealing interception, as, okay, this is my step forward. Now I can kind of relax and people know who I am. I was on a national stage. I'm on Monday Night Football, and I get the game-winning play. So now people know, okay, that Amik Robinson that we saw at Louisiana Tech that was getting all those interceptions is the same Amik Robinson you see in a Raiders uniform right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely, good stuff. Uh, and I think that I think that in many ways, because the result it's a results-based business, so you have to go with what happens. And the defense has struggled mightily early in the season. But perhaps we were just a little bit impatient with them with the pieces with what's going on you know sometimes it does it just takes i'm not saying that it's optimal but sometimes units when they've changed around they add new pieces to it you you see them kind of catch on week by week and they start to get better so hopefully that's what's happened i think you know some people would say well they got better because they played a bad team well it doesn't matter you play who you line up against. But, but the soundness of the fundamentals and making plays when you're supposed to, it doesn't matter who you're playing. That's what you have to do. It's That's on you and on the team. And they were able to do that against Green Bay. So good stuff. And, and you know, we wanted to start with that because I think it was a really big positive coming out of that win. All right. We are going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to get into a conversation, heating up a little bit. Uh, and, and some people, it, there's an irony there, which I will talk to. And that's talking about the offense, talking about, Jimmy Garoppolo and uh, where he stands and the concerns there with his play thus far into the 2023 season. Three season, excuse me. You're with Mo and Scott. This is Silver and Black today. Don't go back. Don't go back anywhere. Stay here. Thank you.